0: Head over to homethreads.com slash D I J F Y, short for dinner not I Just Feed You, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Home Threads,
1: love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D I J F Y today to get 15% off your first order. Armoire makes getting dressed easy with a clothing rental membership from Armoire.
2: my number one sort of rule there is it still has to taste like a brownie um, because if you're looking for that, you know, if you're cra- craving a brownie and then you eat something and it just tastes like health food, you're not really helping yourself. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding us kids.
1: Hey, I'm Stacy And I'm Megan.
0: Stacy, did you make any resolutions this year? I want to check in on them if you did.
1: I didn't, actually. And this is the first year that I didn't make resolutions. How's that <laughs> for yeah.
0: Well, that's very simple. That means we get closer <laughs> to diving in. Did you? I didn't. I pretty much never make resolutions, which I think comes across as me like being a resolution hater. It's more that I'm just like, I feel like I'm constantly working on self-improvement, so it's silly to try and make a specific resolution just because it's like the new year. But I I wanted to talk about um, one of the, my goals last year was that I was sort of like disassociating myself from diet culture, which is yes. a very like painful and difficult thing that we'll talk about a little later in the season when we talk about intuitive eating. But one of the things that I found the most challenging when I really started to examine how I think about food and how that might influence how my family eats is this idea of like the health halo and what is actually healthy versus what is advertised to us as healthy. So today we're going to talk about the idea of things that are being – like all the things that are we're told are healthier that get thrown around when it comes to feeding our families, and we're going to try to break them down a little bit. And Stacey, you're going to be my guide through that.
1: I am. Oh, my gosh. I feel so (laughs) underqualified for that. Um, (laughs) But – uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is a really, really interesting topic, and I feel you on the diet culture thing. I just sort of have started speaking openly about trying to do the same. I mean, you and I have been talking about it for several months, and yes. you know that I've been trying to do the same thing. And it's very funny because uh as much as I like to think of myself as being somebody who just because I have boys doesn't mean I shouldn't be talking to them in exactly the same way I would talk to girls. This body image diet culture thing, I think I was giving myself a pass in a lot of ways. And I'm very embarrassed. And it's it's humbling to admit this out loud. Because, you know, I don't know, they're boys and I didn't have to worry the same way as what I told myself about how they would hear me talk about my body or my weight. And as Isaac became a tween, I realized, wow, that was so not true. <laughs> that was a dumb thing to think. <laughs> so it really, the urgency became very clear to me, not just for myself, but for my kids. And it, yeah, it's hard, huh? right it and is i i so not I, easy. I
0: just want to say to you but also to our listeners who might take away like maybe some guilt or some of that feeling of like wow i was thinking the wrong thing from this episode it's never too late to to like start down a new path and to realize like oh i've been buying and cooking and eating these things that i think are healthier or i've been like ignoring the fact that i need to make all food neutral to my kids and to myself um from like a labeling standpoint, as far as good or bad, good or bad or uh, guilty pleasure or um, like sinful, all those words that we use to label food. So it is never too late to start trying to write that path, even if your kids are tweens and teens, or if you feel like you've gone down a rabbit hole, you can always like stop and reevaluate and move forward.
1: And it's very interesting because the other day we were at a restaurant, a Mexican restaurant that's very well known in um, Brooklyn, I think in New York City pretty widely. And they serve their quesadillas with crack sauce. Hmm. And there's a very famous, nationwide famous in the US bakery that has a crack pie. And Isaac said, crack sauce what's that isn't crack a drug <laughs> yes and i was like as a matter of fact there's a really big conversation in the food world happening right now about how we shouldn't make these associations about food being addictive and we had a really great conversation about this so See? yeah it's never too late and you know he picked up on this on his own um so it's just very interesting and i was really as I said, I was guilty a minute ago. And then I'm also proud because, you know, there is like I'm raising a new awareness and he and I are kind of becoming aware of this together. So there you go. So I don't know. Does that mean I am qualified to be your guide? <laughs> no, it doesn't. But no. health, health halo. I guess we should start by defining it for people, right? Please do, because I
0: think um, that will also sort of articulate why we feel like this is worthy of a whole episode, too. Okay,
1: so I actually grabbed this from The Guardian. This is not, these are not my own words, and we'll put the link to the article where I got this definition on our show notes. Um, it's a reference to the effect that refers to the act of overestimating the healthfulness of an item based on a single claim, such as being low in calories or low in fat. US researchers report that consumers frequently confuse low fat with low calorie, resulting in the overconsumption of certain foods. So that's just one example of the health halo. But, you know, calling a junk food organic because it's made with organic flour and organically grown sugar, And then consumers thinking that it is healthier than conventional, you know, a cookie made with conventionally grown ingredients is another example of uh, the cookie having the health halo. It's healthier for you because it's organic. And then maybe the fallout of that is that they think they can eat more or they can, they don't have to exercise as much because they eat organic foods and the sweets they eat are organic. And that's usually subconscious. It reminds me a lot of greenwashing, which is yes, a and term we should talk that's been around. Around. Some of
0: the other terms that often show up on food labels, mm-hmm. but also like in marketing material and sometimes like in recipe headnotes, notes, yeah. things like, so, like something being whole grain yep. or natural or high in fiber. Um, some of those things are good. Like whole grains do contain more fiber. And um, our friend Katie is going to talk a little bit about why that can be better when you're talking about certain packaged foods. But I think those are terms that are unregulated. And so basically, any organic is regulated, but natural, whole grain, those things are less regulated. And so basically, any food manufacturer can put that on a label. And if you don't know what you're looking for or looking at, you might see that and think, oh, this cereal option is a better cereal option than Cheerios because it's whole grain or it may in this case be Cheerios saying it's whole grain. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It Um, might not be your best choice when
1: if you're trying to eat more healthfully. Heart healthy. Heart healthy. That's another really big one. Good one. That's an unregulated term that's allowed on the front of package. Big really important point that I know from way back when I developed a baby food brand and had a hand in designing the packaging. Front of package terms are not regulated the same way the nutrition label and back of package terms are regulated, okay? You know, marketers can have a field day with what they write on the front of package. And they can be... Um, investigated by the USDA, but it takes a really long time for someone to file a complaint and for that to be investigated. So you should be really mindful of the claims that are made on the front of a package of food. Um, And that's where you're going to find things like natural and heart healthy. Interestingly, things like gluten-free gets really tricky That has a health halo now at this point. It does. Even though it's a technical term that's really, really important for people who have celiac, for example. They need to know this information. It's vital for their health. But now, even people who don't have celiac and who can completely tolerate gluten think that something that is gluten-free is healthier even for them, which may not be true.
0: Right. And that is, I think... This whole conversation revolves a lot around like snack foods in particular where we think – and I want to fully admit to being so guilty of this. Like I prefer to buy like the Annie's organic cheddar bunnies over goldfish – crackers or even when it comes to mac and cheese, make those choices because I feel like it's better for my family, but maybe it's not. So can we talk a little bit about like organic labeling and what you look for in this? Because you have like a very strong point of view about buying organics and it's actually been helpful to me to have conversations with you about like what you buy organic and what you don't and when it
1: matters and when it kind of doesn't. Yeah. And and actually, I was able to refine this through research for my first cookbook, Make It Easy. So I was very much in the same boat when my kids were your kid's age. Um, Also, by the way, I just think it's more confusing when you have smaller kids.
0: It is. Um, Well, there's so much information coming at you at all times and your kids are relying on you to feed them pretty much every meal. So it feels more weighted, whereas like your boys are older and they make a lot of food decisions outside of your house now. So you have to kind of let go and let them live.
1: Completely, completely. And there does come a point where you're like, uh, you know, like he's out there buying like Doritos and Cheetos and you're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, is, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I um, to eat lady shrugging too. emoji, like, yes. uh, you know, so yes, yeah, so I get it. So You know, the big thing for me is that when kids are very small and they're eating lots more produce relative to their body size um, and lots more dairy relative to their body size as well, um, buying organic produce and dairy was very important to me. So if organic is important to you in the first place, I think that's a really important place to start. But that's for produce and dairy and actually, you know, animal protein as well. But also you may want to cross reference that with the dirty dozen list and the clean 15 list, especially if you are trying to stick to a budget, which I think everybody should be trying to stick to a budget now, especially after last week's conversation with the budget (laughs) mom. Yes.
0: Because you can save so much money. Oh my God. And we'll link to both the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15 in the show notes. But basically, they're lists of produce. Like, the yeah. Dirty Dozen are the things that you really want to buy organic. And the Clean 15,
1: uh, conventional is probably fine. Right. Um when, over time what's, what research has shown has the most pesticide residue on it.
0: I always think of it like... And maybe this is, like, the wrong way to think of it, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, things that are grown closer to the ground, like strawberries, which they have, like, nothing – you only rinse them. You want to buy buy organic because they're more likely to have more pesticides, where things like bananas, where you're peeling the fruit itself, um, you're it's okay to buy conventional.
1: Yep. Absolutely. That's a great shorthand. And in general, I think having shorthands when I wrote the supermarket guide for Make It Easy, having shorthands is absolutely critical. You don't want to reinvent the wheel every time you're going to the supermarket. Like just figure out the few things that are important to you. Have a few shorthands for how you're going to look at and analyze a food label. And like, that's it. Draw the line. Make quick decisions. Yes. Um, Snack foods are a little bit different. You want to think about like those handful of of ingredients that you want to buy organic and the ones that you care less about spending money on organic. And then when you look at an ingredients label, you're just going to remember that it's always listed on the ingredients label in order of what's in the product from most to least. So if the very first thing on the ingredients label is strawberries, that product contains a lot of strawberries. And if the very last thing is sugar, it has very little sugar. If it's the reverse, that product is made mostly of sugar and has just a teeny weeny little bit of strawberries. (laughs) Or if it's like strawberry spinach gummies, And spinach and strawberries are the last thing. It probably has very little bit of strawberries and spinach and very little nutritional value. Yes. So just keep that in mind. And probably not worth buying organic because you're probably just paying for organic sugar.
0: That's good. Oh, that's a good way to think about it. I was going to say, we are going to get into labels a lot more later. And also this idea of like sneaking more healthful foods into packaged goods. But um, thinking about you know, what are you paying for to be organic in packaged goods by looking at the labels is something I had not yet considered. Okay. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the cost of health foods um, and how – I might take a meandering way to get to my point of like, it's hard to be like a privileged person and see that what I'm sold by the media, when I say I'm sold, like that is supposed to be healthy and good for me, i.e. whole foods. And then other things like hemp seeds and chia seeds and bee pollen um, are more expensive, especially if I am buying organic. Um, So where do you think it's like worth putting your money if you're going to supplement your diet with with things that are like m- supposed to be more healthful, like chia seeds, hemp seeds. Like, is that even worth it?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I just want to say up front that I'm not a nutritionist, and actually, I'm excited that we have one weighing in on a minute <laughs> in a minute. Yes. Um, but just like from a busy mom point of view, I do want all of us to keep in mind that whole foods are meant to sustain us. So like fruits and oats, um, you know, sweet potatoes. I mean, these are very nutritious things. And if you can get your kids to eat these things, and I know that's harder said than done. Refer season (laughs) one, picky eating series. (laughs) You probably don't need like chia seeds and hemp seeds and bee pollen. Like it's a lot of money. That stuff just adds up. Okay, so that that's such a good point. Like,
0: if you can get your kids to eat more whole foods, whether they're frozen broccoli or fresh yeah. broccoli, you're probably getting a lot of the nutrients that you could get in some of those add-ins that were we think we need to have in our pantry in our cupboard. I think so personally.
1: And then I yes. also think you need to think about like that stuff costs so much money. If you're if it's gonna if you're gonna use it like twice and then it's gonna get stuck in the back of your fridge or you're gonna add like a teaspoon of bee pollen once a week, what health benefit are you really passing on? Yes. Or are you really getting from that? And is it worth the enormous amount of money you're gonna pay for local bee pollen? You know, a lot of this stuff, like I give my kids elderberry because I just believe in elderberry and, and my kids for various reasons really need as much support for their immune system as possible but i give them elderberry all year round two teaspoons every single morning all year round and it took a year of doing it all year round i'm going to say it a million times (laughs) for me to really feel like it made a difference doing it just during cold and flu season and like missing on the weekends and this and that which is what i was doing for a little while was a total waste of my money
0: but it also sounds like you're saving money cuz you're not buying some of the other things like bee pollen and hemp seed. And I don't buy that else. stuff that much consistently. Yeah.
1: Cuz I wasn't I was buying a lot of it for a while and I just wasn't using it consistently. Chia seed has protein. Okay, so do, my kids aren't allergic to nuts. So so does almond butter and peanut butter and I can use that in much in many more ways. Yeah. I do tend to keep chia seeds around but fine. I was buying hemp seeds and it was sitting in my freezer forever. I was buying bee pollen oh my god it's so expensive none of us have allergies so I was like "eh."
0: it just doesn't align with your priorities and your it bowls. doesn't and like yeah.
1: frozen cauliflower is tasteless it's odorless I add it to almost every smoothie my kids don't have a problem with green smoothies we add kale and we add spinach my kids eat avocado that goes in tons of smoothies uh, they both they eat turmeric they eat ginger like I feel like they eat enough of a varied diet that I don't need that stuff But if you feel like it's worth it for you, I just want you to keep in mind that a lot of those kinds of supplements and the tiny amounts we use them, you need to use them very consistently for them to make a difference.
0: Okay, this is a great lead-in talking about your, like, veggie-packed smoothies, which my kids do not yet eat. Uh, <laughs> we we touched on this a little bit in Episode 10 when we talked with Amy Palagin of Yummy Toddler Food. But how do you feel about hiding veggies in food for your kids? Both speak to, like, packaged <laughs> goods that you like to buy, because I know that you there are some. And then also, like, things that you cook in
1: your kitchen. Okay, so I think I mentioned in our Facebook group (laughs) that Oliver loves Bitsy's Brain Food. And when I first started buying it, I was like, I'm not even gonna look at the ingredients because I just feel good. This has vegetables and he loves it. And the reason why I can't continue buying it is because he is a humongous nine-year-old. And he can eat two bags in one sitting. Oh, no. And it costs so much money. (laughs) Yes. But, like, it did occur to me the other day, I was like, how much sweet potato are really in these cookies? Yeah. And, like, really? But I don't even want to look because he likes it. And I think it's a great brand. And I love the idea. And I'm just not even going to (laughs) look. So, I don't know. Again, you know what? Maybe we should hear from our guest, Katie Morford, because she's a nutritionist. <laughs> and yes. she talked to us a little bit about going to the supermarket and really thinking about how to look at a package and identify what packaged foods are healthy and how to make these choices. Cause I weighed in a little bit on this, but she's really an expert.
2: I think that's such a good question. And I think it can be really kind of confusing and overwhelming because food manufacturers are really great with their front of the package labeling. Um, but to really get to the heart of the matter and understand if something is genuinely nourishing, or at least has some nutrition to it, you have to turn it over and you have to look at the food label. Um, and for me, the first thing I look at it are the ingredients. So if I pick up a snack bar, and it says, you know, has veggies in it, I look at what those ingredients are and the way a food label works is the first ingredient is the in the greatest quantity. So if the vegetable in that fruit bar is at the very tail end of a very long list of ingredients, probably has very little in it. So. Looking at what are the quality of, of ingredients in there? Are they familiar? Did they, does it sound like a chemistry lab? Those sorts of things, I think, are what you want to look at first and foremost. And I think something like the Lara Bar is a good example. They have this, um, I think they're called greens and fruit bars, and it has five ingredients. The second ingredient is spinach, it has a quarter cup of spinach per bar, and everything in there is something that like, I might have in my home. Um, refrigerator. So on the flip side, you'll find something like um, some of the veggie snacks or veggie sticks. And the first couple of ingredients are things like potato starch and corn starch, And then there's some sort of beet powder and carrot po- powder and spinach powder, um, which probably is in very small quantities. So looking at the ingredients is, is probably number one.
0: We also talked to Katie about not just packaged goods, what to look for, but this idea of like sneaking vegetables into things like black bean bean brownies or spinach pancakes. And her advice was, again, like super sane and also sort of revelatory for me thinking about whether something actually satisfies your craving or not.
2: You know, I'm always looking for ways to make my baked goods more nourishing, Um, doing things like adding nuts and seeds and whole grain flours and and healthier fats and using less sugar. Um, But my number one sort of rule there is it still has to taste like a brownie. Um, Because if you're looking for that, you know, if you're craving a brownie and then you eat something and it just tastes like health food, you're not really helping yourself. You know, I do think I'm a, I'm a big fan of um sort of adding good ingredients to to baked goods and 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 other foods. I'm all for it if you can make it so it still tastes really good.
0: Great advice from Katie. Don't we you should love jump her. I love her. Um and you can find her, more from her at Mom's Kitchen Handbook. That's the name of her website and also her Instagram handle and she does these really brilliant nutrition PSAs as stories regularly where she just hops on and she's like chia seeds are they worth it are they not let me break it down from for you from a nutrition standpoint
1: she's so helpful and i just i love that she loves food yes makes such a difference okay so do you hide veggies in your kids
0: food uh generally speaking no but i do have and this is what the lightning round is great for i do have a couple of things that like we just love to eat And they just also happen to have added nutrition in the form of, like, beans or – veggies or whatever else. So um, one that I would put at the top of my list is this chickpea blondie recipe from thekitchen.com. It's actually from um, one of our other editors, Kelly, who we've talked about on the show because she has a great book called Buddha Bowls. And if you love a blondie, these have like the same satisfaction. In fact, I feel like they're a little bit chewier and they use a whole can of chickpeas, like even the liquid. They're so brilliant. And I think you make them in the food processor, so they're, like, so easy to make.
1: I love blondies. I'm having a really hard time with this, but I'm going to try it. (laughs) I'm going to – I trust you. They really are good. I mean, they're not – it's no, like,
0: different sugar. I think it uses brown sugar, so you're still getting, like, that same sweetness and that same sort of, like, caramelized flavor. And the chickpeas really just add a lot of body. They're pretty neutral in flavor, too. What else do I love? I love to do like seasonal pancakes. Like you'll never see me making yeah. like- green pancakes for anything with, which green pancakes are really just like my favorite pancake recipe, or you could use box mix and blend it in the blender with some spinach. So you'll never see me make this outside of like certain holidays, but when it's fun to do it, like we'll do green Christmas trees at Christmas time, or we'll do shamrocks around St. Patty's Day. Um, same thing like throwing some beets into a, a pancake recipe and having something pink for, for fun. Those were really the only two instances. Otherwise, I pretty much always throw spinach and chia seeds into smoothies because I do just want the extra fiber mostly for my kids. And then I will say, I know that you were like, "Uh, I don't know if you really need to spend money on, on chia seeds. But chia seeds are the one sort of like super, quote unquote, superfood. Cause again, that's like a health halo label that I do keep in me- my pantry because you can make chia seed pudding, which is like high in fiber. And you can also um, just add it to smoothies or on top of salads. And it's kind of like, it does all, I mean, it's really giving you everything that a hemp heart would at a much lower cost. I love it. I love,
1: love, love it. Okay. What about you? What are some recipes that you love? So I'm super into adding things to pancakes, and I never hid vegetables. Quick little fact, a million years ago, when I think I worked at Babble.com, like that is really a trillion years ago, I got into a little like skirmish, is that the right word, with Jessica Seinfeld over... Hiding vegetables. That was when I was so much more dogmatic. I it's actually kind of want to know about that. It's kind of that, embarrassing. I'd love to have her on the show.
0: Yes, we should bring her on the show. She wrote The Sneaky Chef. Or no, something that's another similar. person.
1: That's like that, yeah, they got into it. They got into a skirmish too. No, I'm kidding. I don't know if they did. Anyway, <laughs> she wrote whatever she wrote, it was about hiding stuff. And I basically was like, You have a platform. Like, why would you encourage parents to do that? It takes more work. It, like Anyway, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Hide vegetables if you want to hide vegetables, people. Like I now know, do do you. Do you, people. And if you want to hide vegetables, she's actually a great resource. Like she has cookbooks that are super helpful for that. I also think you can
0: use her recipes and not be sneaky. Like Totally. You can, you can be – like my kids know these are chickpea blondies. Totally. I'm not trying to pretend like they're not. If I told my kids they were chickpea blondies, they'd be like, ew. Now I kind of want to make you do it for the I sake know. of the podcast. And they'll probably – they'll be <laughs> I like, ew. I think, ew. Oliver. I should well, make we'll them try next it. time I'm <laughs> in New York or <laughs> next time we're should. together. I should make them for them so that you don't get thrown under the bus. Um, I'm doing it. Put it on okay. our to-do list. Okay. Do it.
1: On One Hungry Mama, which um, I swear one day I'll have a new site. (laughs) It's not today, but I will. So soon. soon. This is the Um, year. But on One Hungry Mama, which you can still access, coconut quinoa pancakes... Oh, hey. Quinoa flakes used to be something I was super into. And actually, I just linked to something on our Facebook page that uses quinoa flakes. It's a little bit more expensive. So instead, take regular quinoa and pulse it in your uh, food processor. And you get like um, like a powdery quinoa that you can use. And it works really nicely. There's just
0: link to some because I'm yeah. probably not going to make quinoa yeah, flakes. Yeah, totally.
1: Totally <laughs> fine. Sorry, just being real here. I like using canned pumpkin in tons of things. So I like using it. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I like using it in um, pancakes. I don't have a recipe for it. I just add it. But I do have a recipe for pumpkin chocolate chip skillet cookies and chocolate chip pumpkin oat bars, which I haven't made this recipe in a thousand years, but it's from when they were little. So I used like all-purpose flour and whole wheat pastry flour and oats. It's like super healthy. Now... I like using uh, sweet potato puree for a lot of things too. And I made a uh, vegetarian tortilla soup a while back. That's one of my favorite recipes that uses uh, pureed sweet potato that is so delicious. It was one of my favorite recipes for a very long time. This isn't really hiding vegetables, people, but it's a way of using pureed vegetables that your kids may not be aware exists, but I tell my kids. A cauliflower soup with bacon and blue cheese that my kids love. Yum. And my like Isaac will not eat regular cauliflower, but he eats that. Again, more thinking about like purees and just changing the form of vegetables. My kids know what it is, but maybe yours won't. Yogurt avocado sauce that I put on fish a lot. There is a red beet and white bean hummus on Weelicious that my kids really like, and it's the most beautiful color. Oh, and uh, edamame hummus that my kids really like. Hummus is another one that you can just add all different kinds of vegetables to and make it easy. I used, Oliver doesn't like cooked cherry tomatoes. So anytime I have some leftover roasted tomatoes that I haven't used up, I'll puree it into hummus. And he loves that. It almost tastes like a like Parmesan tomato dip. I'll add some Parmesan cheese too sometimes.
0: Uh, pe- or pizza dip. That's what. Oh yeah. Like. Oh my god. My god. I'm gonna Why did I call it a pizza dip? <laughs> You're I'm genius. bookmarking. I'm bookmarking like all of these, and we Pinky promised that um, in the next two months we have an episode coming up that's like really about taking vegetables in their pure form and making them so delicious that everyone in your family really wants to eat them. Yes. So you don't have to hide them. So that's coming up soon. Okay, before we sign off, this is my new favorite segment. Stacy, what are your top 3 food
1: emojis from the past week? Okay, this I god, this really says so much about us. Tacos, avocado and the <laughs> whiskey drink. <laughs> what a
0: week what yep. a week <laughs> how about you uh mine are and also probably very telling the chocolate bar the <laughs> chocolate chip cookie and a glass of milk oh my god it's so perfect all right find us at didn't i just feed you on instagram and facebook where you can also join our private listeners group the answer to the secret question is whiskey
1: most importantly, subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, tell your friends about us and leave a review on iTunes. It makes a really big difference.
0: Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jamendo. A huge thank you to our editor, Jeremy Enns, and the team at Counterweight Creative. I'm Stacy And I'm Megan. Stay sane and well fed. Until next week.
2: Thanks for listening. Don't forget to smash all five stars on iTunes and subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding us kids and families.
1: What's the grossest thing you've ever eaten, Oliver? don't
2: know, but there's something that's gross that tastes good. Potatoes and maple syrup.